Yeah, what is going on everyone? This is your host Rob back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. I have two special guests with me. Um uh, <laughs> one of them <laughs> one oh of them God. has probably been one of the people to piss you off in the Facebook group. You've probably sent me uh a DM about <laughs> about some of his comments and his thoughts and his feelings. He's he's known to trigger people. Uh, but I will say this about him, y'all. That's and I and I tell everyone the same thing. That's that's who he is. He's really not joking. He's not playing. He's not trolling. Like that's who he is. That's just the way he thinks. And there's no problem with that. We all have different thoughts, feelings, and opinions. So we have Mr. Demizzle for Rizzle, aka Dave, joining us. Hey, what's up, everybody? I would love to see these DMs, man, because I want that smoke. I do. <laughs> don't do. Don't ask for it. Hell? You don't want, want it. all the smoke. <laughs> now we're not alone. Now Dave is a believer and a participator in a poly relationship. I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm not gonna say it. Um, because I might say Palmolive or some shit. So polyamorous. There you go, polyamorous. <laughs> okay, cool. And one of his partners is here with us today. We have Danny. How are you, Danny? I'm good. I'm just now realizing that D might be one of the most hated people in a particular corner of the internet. So this is fun. <laughs> he is. He is. He is. But see, I'm like you I'm know, learn something. Yeah, he is. Like a lot of people, you know, in the From My Experience podcast Facebook group. If you're not a part of it, please join. We just got our numbers up to 700. I'm gonna try to get us to a thousand by the end of the month. Um, I think I could do that. Um, what I really like and admire about the group, though is i've only had to kick out four people because wow. they were just straight up hating just call, name call just dumb shit but like what i appreciate about dave he, he thinks differently you know what i'm saying he abides by a different lifestyle which we all do you know but some people would consider his lifestyle and his thoughts extreme and i'm like yo i've I, but i've known people like dave before or similar to so I'm like, it doesn't bother me because I'm like, that's his life. That's how he thinks. And that's how I look at all the comments. But I think some of us in the group, we get so caught up in trying to convince the other person. And I'm like, yo, it's not, I don't post things to try to start arguments or fights. Or I don't even comment to convince people. I just try to paint a picture from both sides of the fence because it's not about right or wrong. It's about what you choose to do with your life and whoever you have in your life, what y'all choose to do together. So, so many people think that there's a quote-unquote right or wrong. And, that, I mean, right or wrong kind of sort of doesn't even really exist if you think about it. But, yes, a lot of people have sent me messages about Dave because he just, <laughs> he just shits over people's philosophies. That's how they feel. I, I'm not there to, like, shit on anybody's philosophy. Like, like, I haven't been monogamous for going on 10 years now. And... Like, after my re last relationship fell apart, like, I, I just realized it wasn't the, the avenue for me. So I was like, I've always known that I was poly, but I was trying to fit into a monogamous box for the sake of being in that specific relationship or for the sake of societal at society at large. And after my last relationship fell apart, I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is not who I am. <laughs> All right, so... Yes. Now you you started right where I need you to start. So tell us what led to you realizing that hey, you know, I want to be in a poly relationship. Like I've always felt that 
monogamy is a lot of how should I say it's it's what society at large expects of you because that's what society was built around like monogamous relationships so when they see like oh this person it's wrong to have strong emotional and intimate feelings for anyone other than the one person that you're with because if you do have those feelings you're you're going to go down the path to cheating on that person because that person's not everything that you need for them to be for you mm. and i was like why can't i love this person as well as the person that i'm with like it's not going to be the same love obviously because Obviously, like, for example, my love that I have with Danny is not the same love that I have for my other partner, Angela. Like, our love is completely different, but it's also no less valid than the other love that I have. So it's just something that was turning in my brain. It's like, I don't get this. Why is this expected of me? Why should I go down this path? Danny, what about you? Well, my kind of my evolution of, like, how I lead my personal life and my politics are really closely intertwined. So Dee brought up a good point of like, you know, society is built on monogamy. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with, um, and this is not for everybody. And it's still, monogamy is still a valid personal choice for people when it is in fact a free choice. Uh, but a lot of society is built on like monogamous family and nuclear family, you know, man going to work, woman maybe going to work, but taking care of home. And it's to get people out the door and to get people working at jobs, jobs that might not pay good, but they need to show up anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have that kind of like nuclear family structure, you're kind of forced to be, in a lot of ways, a complicit worker, right? And like, you know, the fact that we're doing this podcast in a COVID situation where you're really starting to see who essential workers are and how much... Yeah. Um, society needs people to go and do these low-paying jobs and get people out the door um i think is is a big part of why i started to question monogamy and having that family structure that really is built around getting people out the door to work these low-paying jobs and still making sure that they have at least a halfway decent place to live mm -hmm. um and you can ask more questions about that later but um I started thinking about the ways that monogamy a lot of times is compulsory, meaning that a lot of us don't have that choice to be non-monogamous. That being able to choose to be non-monogamous for a lot of us is a privilege um, because you might be in a society or a family or a social circle where that choice to be non-monogamous is not uh, available, you would be ostracized, you mm. would be um, considered, you know, a, a slut or what have you, right? Yeah. Because you're not following that template that they have sent out for you. Um, and that might also have to do with what kind of religion you belong to, right? Um, so, you know, it's kind of the more wide open I got with my politics is starting to question how society is run for the benefit of the few against the choices and freedom of the many, I started thinking about, you know, how I live my everyday relationships, too, and that for a long time I was stuck in a group where monogamy was the only choice, mm -hmm. um, and stepping outside of it would have had serious personal repercussions and um, uh, financial repercussions because of the job and industry I was in. Mm -hmm. um, once I was able to move away from that a little bit, um, 
I started rethinking, you know, maybe monogamy isn't the best choice for me um, because I got to know myself. And part of that's a function of being alive longer. I figured, you know, after a year or two, I usually lose a little bit of energy for a partner um, uh, physically. And having multiple partners seems to draw that timeline out. Um, I'm able to maintain energy for multiple people for a longer period of time um, in non-monogamous relationships. And um, I really kind of just developed the skills to be a really good communicator and to be open and honest about who I am and what I need and not compromising. Um, not giving up too much of myself to mold myself to another person, which is, at least for me, what monogamy kind of, the corner monogamy backed me into was like, okay, I'm a mon in a monogamous relationship. I got to get as much as I can from this one person. So mm -hmm. I've got to mold myself to this person such that I can preserve this relationship. Um, so that's a long answer to a short question. No, um, I appreciate the detail <laughs> given. Um, context is important. So I like when people go into greater detail and when they talk about these things. Um, and I agree with some of your points. I've, I believe that, you know, people like me, I could never survive in a poly relationship because I'm a giver. Like, there's nothing I won't do for my girlfriend right now. And I can't afford to do that for more than one person. But it's part of my personality type. Like, I don't like the half-ass things. I'm like the, I'm either all the way in or I'm all the way out. I don't like the in-between stuff. And it takes me time to adjust to a person's individual personality to say, okay, you know what? They're okay with this amount. I don't have to kill myself to do that. And also, I'm very, I'm introverted, which uh, which helps a lot too. And I don't like a lot of people anyway. Like, I don't like being around people. Like, I spend a lot of time alone. I'm not crazy, y'all, because I know some of y'all like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> but I like being by myself. So, and me and my girlfriend, we just fit very, very well. And I do believe that there's definitely benefits to a poly relationship, you know, like you all said. Um, and, and it goes back to the Facebook group post. We we're talking about love languages. It's easier to find all the love you need when you have multiple people versus trying to get everything out of one person. Because that person has to have that one person has to have a vested interest in you enough to adapt and adjust to your love languages and vice versa. Whereas if you have two or three partners, it's like, okay, I know I'm going to get this from you. I'm going to get this from you, this from you. So I can go three places and get everything I want. So, but I think also people need to understand and respect the fact that that is a life choice. It's not because you're a freak and because you're nasty. It's just, <laughs> that's just the way you think and feel and the, the choice you decide to make. And I don't like when people down people for their lifestyle choices or their beliefs because we're all raised different. We all grow and learn to have different paths in life that lead us to where we are today. Now, <clears throat> let me get off my soapbox. This is some, I have some questions about this though. Um, what are the biggest challenges you would say? And I'm asking both of y'all. Y'all can choose who, who answers first, ladies first. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges y'all have faced? Do you mean in general or, or with, like, with each other? Uh, oh, I know you face challenges with that guy. <laughs> um, I mean, that's either why, or. That's why either, I wanted to clarify. No, either, either or. Either or. Whichever one you feel like expressing. No, I will say up front, given um, Dee's uh, particular mm, internet persona, um, I, w I will say that the first time he and I had, like, a knockdown, drag out, like, not literally, but, like, we... Yeah. 
I, I flamed his ass um, on the internet about something, um, and I got I got really upset because I was just like because I, I let him have it, mm-hmm. um, and then he called me and we talked about it and it was it was totally fine. He was just like, no, nah, this is what I do all the time on online, you know, um, because I used to have a partner where if I publicly contradicted him, um, I was in trouble, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get into that, but. Uh, D was really the first person I could disagree with and have an argument with in public in front of God and everybody, and it was okay. Yep. Um, he all, he never resorted to name calling. He always respected my opinion, but he would come back with a counterattack. Of course, right? He's just like, okay, you think this way? All right, defend it, right? And that makes me a stronger debater. But I sat down and cried after that conversation because that was the first time I had a partner. Where, yeah, I could disagree publicly and have a real argument and really dig in. And we, like, it didn't pose a risk to the relationship. Um, and and I, was, I was incredibly grateful for that. Um, so that's not really the biggest challenge, the differences of opinion. Um, and when we argue, I, I tell him we usually argue about two things. Um, I'm trying to make sure that his the foundations of his argument are sound mm-hmm. and I'm also trying to make sure that he's not an asshole and he has passed the test time and time again. He I don't always agree with Good. Yes. <laughs> he is a he's a fantastic you know, one on one he is a fantastic man. Um he's never disrespected me in front of people or ever, right? Um but I, I didn't come on this podcast to defend him. Um You don't need to. to. He's not a bad it. person. Um <laughs> yeah. he's not a bad person. I can tell y'all that. Yeah. I mean, though we have not met in person, we've played Xbox and we've had conversations. He just thinks the way he thinks and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I keep trying to yeah. tell people that I'm like just because someone thinks differently than you and they don't agree with everything you say does not make them wrong and does not make them a bad person. Mm-hmm. But my biggest challenge really is um I, I like to incorporate the people I care about into a lot of different facets of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been difficult to navigate how I talk about my partners. Like at work, you know, people want to switch, you know, trade, you know, spouse anecdotes. Oh, my partner yeah. did this and my partner did that. Um, so I usually just say my partner. And sometimes people, I don't know if they catch me or what, but they're like, I thought you said your partner did this and this and this. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I did. Right. And I'm not like necessarily (laughs) denying, but some of them are like, you know, these stories don't seem consistent, whatever, you know, Um, but also like my family. Right. Um, You bring somebody around and you seem partnery, but you just call them friends. Right. They're going to call BS. But when I have multiple people that are important to me, I'm trying to navigate how how do I get how do I navigate it such that the partners I care about get to know other people I care about that aren't part of a polyamorous lifestyle? With friends, it's been pretty easy. They're just like, yeah. oh, yeah, we knew you were headed that way anyway. It's fine. Right. But family, coworkers, uh, it's it's a little harder to navigate. Yeah. Um, so not that I, I feel the need to tell my coworkers like, oh, I'm in a non-monogamous lifestyle. But I, I do want to be able to, like, you know, tell little stories in office, chit-chat about people I care about and funny things that happen and to be able to name those people as my partners. Um, and it 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 hurts. Mm-hmm. It, it really hurts to not be able to share completely openly and honestly um, how happy 
you know, these people make me Mm -hmm. without um, revealing things about my private life that are not really anyone's business and and could get me in hot water um, at work or could cause some conflict with my family. Right. Okay. I I get exactly what you're saying and totally what you're saying. Navigating that is, and shoot, even monogamous people have to navigate that because of people's thoughts and opinions and the impact it could have. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dave. Uh, like, uh, in general, what causes issue with me is like my mom's side of the family. Cause my mom, she knows that I'm poly, but she's like super duper re- religious. So mm-hmm. it's like, she's still uh, caught up on the, I'm going to find a nice Catholic girl for you, but I'm already involved in two very satisfying relationships, but she's trying to marry me off and exercise the demons from my lifestyle because she's so rigid in her belief that she doesn't believe that I should be in the relationship style that I'm currently in. So that's, that's one of the bigger challenges for me. Like, even though people in my family on that side of the family know that I'm poly, it's not widely accepted. So it's like hard to have that conversation without somebody jumping on me like, oh, you should just find one girl and settle down and just be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad's side of the family is more understanding, except for my stepmom, but it is what it is with her. But my dad's side of the family, they are more understanding because a lot of them come from non-traditional relationships in the first place. So mm-hmm. when they, when I told my dad that I was poly, he's like, okay, so how's it working out for you? Do you want any advice? Uh, here are the pitfalls, blah, 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 ABC, XYZ. So he was more supportive than my mom was in that venue. Um as it goes with uh, relationship issues, it's it's an adjustment period because you're having to adjust to multiple types of personalities. And like uh, what Danny needs from me is totally different than what Angela needs from me. That so it's like fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yes, I'm like you said, um, you go all in with your girlfriend you're a giver like i'm a giver too i give danny all that i'm able to give her from what she can take from me and what she requires from me so in that aspect we're very very similar but i also know my limits i know what i am capable of giving and what i am not capable of giving so i don't even try and go down those avenues because i don't want to set myself up for failure right like that's not who i am i'm not going to try and be that that's the end of that road (laughs) (laughs) You said you give what I could take from you. I'm dying over here. (laughs) (laughs) I caught that, too. I caught that, too. (laughs) I almost had to mute myself. (laughs) So, how... Okay, I'm assuming that there's different levels to poly relationships. Um, I would say, how how is you all's structure? And, like, how did y'all meet and come across each other? Word. Well, I'm curious. I'm curious about what you think the levels are. Uh, I want to know what's in your head before I answer that question because this is interesting to me. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming. Putting, I'm, I'm assuming that there's levels where. I'm assuming that there's levels where, hey, it's just going to be the three of us and no one else, or hey, it's going to be the three of us and you two can have you know, for more additional people or whatever. Like, I feel like, I feel like basically some people can kind of keep a smaller nucleus versus a larger one where it continues to branch out. Obviously, 
it, I think it depends on you all's comfort level and level of affection. And then also, you know, health concerns, because, you know, that's one, that's a big reason why I never even mess with a lot of girls at once. Cause I'm like, you're never going to get anyone's full truth. And <laughs> it's like, I don't want to bring anything home that I can't, that I can't give back or get rid of. So right. I would assume that there's certain levels, like, for instance, I'm assuming because I don't know, I haven't asked that, you know, the three of you are involved on some type of level, but I don't know if you and Dave's other partner interact without Dave or y'all just don't even interact at all. I'm just, I don't know how it's built. So I'm assuming that it depends on how you all decide to talk it out, work it out and say, Hey, this is what I want this to look like for us. All right. Do you mind yeah, if I answer this then? <laughs> Uh, can I, I want to, I want to, can I take a stab real quick? Yes. Go for it. Okay. So I would agree that there's, I'm not going to call them levels because when you using the word level implies that there's a hierarchy and like one might, one person might be more poly than the other. Like I've got five partners. I'm more poly than you. I would say it's more <laughs> right. between, it'd be more a difference. It's like achievement unlocked. I got a third partner, you know, I'm like a you know black belt poly. no. But it, there's different styles and configurations. I got a cool okay, graphic one. after we get off um, of the get off the call. Um, but yeah, there's definitely different styles and configurations. But really, it all comes down to negotiation, right? And then uh. talking about what you're comfortable and not comfortable with. Um, Dee, do you want to take it? You want to take it from there? I just wanted to clear up that level yeah. language. Like um, the type of relationship that uh, Molly, myself, and Angela are in, we're in an egalitarian, open V poly configuration and what that means is that what? I'm <laughs> what that means is that I'm in a relationship with Danny and I'm in a relationship with Angela but they're not in a relationship with each other okay but they but they are free to have other partners outside of our relationship do y'all require That's notification of additional partners yes yeah we, we ganged up on him in an argument at a party once that was fun what? Like they're, they're they're friends with each other. Not, okay. It's not so. It's not to say that they don't interact with each other, but they're not involved with each other on a romantic level. Yeah, I okay. haven't interacted with her, independent of you. But like, you know, if she's in the same room. And so, we'll be like, if, okay, so and so, if one of the three of you decides, hey, I want another partner, did you have to come back to the other two and say that? Like, we'll, we'll have that conversation. It's not like we can refuse, like, oh, you can't have this partner. Like, we'll sit down and be like, hey, this is a person that I'm interested in bringing into my romantic life. Mm -hmm. um, this is who they are. This is what they do. And that's the extent of it. It's not like either one of us have some sort of mystical veto power. That's not how it works in our relationship. Right. Other poly relationships may operate off of the veto power but that's not like that's interesting. how that's not how we roll because i feel like that's just that's just a cornerstone of jealousy when you extend veto power because yeah it's like okay you may not like the person that they are involved with and you may voice that but that's that's where i'm at like i might not be in agreement with someone angela may get involved with and I might bring that up like hey Angela like I I see that you're involved with so and so I have concerns about this partner because of A B and C mm -hmm. and that would be 
a conversation that we will sit down and have. If she decides not to continue with that relationship based off of our conversation, that's all well and good. If she decides to continue to go forward despite my reservations, that's where the conversation ends. I might still have issue with the person in a relationship, but I have to accept that this person is now in a relationship with someone that I'm also in a relationship with. And then you could either choose to continue to be in that relationship or not. I'm not going to dump a person because they're in a relationship that I'm not uh, a fan of that person. That that would be petty of me. Like, I, st- I still love her. I yeah. may not be a fan of the person that she's in love with, mm-hmm. but I still love her. <laughs> I'm not going to throw out the whole bathwater just because this one aspect of it does not fit my mold. That's that's not fair to her. <laughs> that's very interesting. That that right that dynamic right there alone is another reason why I know I can do that because I feel like if you if you disagree with something when it comes to that aspect of life, then it's probably something serious. And then, you know, my other thing is this, you know, again, go back to the health concerns. It's like I need to know, I really need to know who that person is because if you're interacting with them romantically, then now me and that person are attached, whether they know it or not, whether they want us to be attached or not, whether we like each other or not, I'm attached to this person through you. So that's important. But I, I feel we I feel what you're saying. It takes a very big and mature person to be able to overlook that and say, you know what, this okay, cool. But I love you, so we can keep doing this. And I know it's, people- it's not it's not overlooking that that's a that's a big misconception like okay it's just accepting that it is what it is like yes like i acknowledge that this is going to be a thing in your life and i accept it but we're just going to move forward from that because that is not a major part of my life your partner is like i may know him i may have a conversation with him but outside of that that's pretty much our, the limit of our interaction if it's like Hmm. I'm not in agreement with this partner. That will literally be the limit of me and that partner's interaction. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, for me to, to, to speak to the safety concerns, um, part of that conversation of uh, bringing in a new partner or starting a relationship with a new partner, the health thing is one of the first things that I go over with somebody. It's All like, right. hey, they express interest. Hey, maybe we should start seeing each other. Hey, let's be partners. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk health things. Let's talk who our other partners are. Let's talk about the safer sex practices we have with those other partners. And then I communicate that back to D. So, for example, um, you know, a few months ago, I got involved with an, uh, another partner who I don't I don't see as often, especially now. Uh, but even before then, didn't see as often. Um, and we had the safer sex talk and I informed D of what, you know, the risk factors um, were um, and the very few. But like I just said, hey, I'm starting to see this person, um, you know, uh, this is probably how much time I'll be seeing him or how often I'll be seeing him. I'll let you know during the week, um, you know, when we're hanging out just for your information. So you just know. Um, and these are possible you know, these are just possible health risks, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't ever approach a relationship without having that conversation because if somebody's being shifty about having the safer sex conversation, I have no patience for them. And <laughs> yes, please I'm gonna protect say, your health, y'all. 
I, yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I don't play with my health, especially being a diabetic. Like, it's something that's very, very important to me. So it's not something that I take for granted. And it's to the point where every time that I go to my regular diabetes checkup, which is like every three months, I also get a full STD panel. So it's yeah. like, um, that's something that I've gotten into the habit of doing. But before I was diagnosed with diabetes, I used to get an STD test like every six months just because me and Angela were like infrequently having sex because that's not the nature of our relationship. But Danny and I are regular sexual partners, which because that's the nature of our relationship in addition to everything else that we do. So I felt like, hey, maybe since um, I'm having sex more often with one partner but I still have Angela as another partner, I'm going to step up my testing more often. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and there's a term for um, partners who, who have unprotected sex and that, that we call them fluid bonded partners. So, you know, Jesus. meaning there's an exchange of body fluids, right? So, Rob, you all right? Your vocabulary, <laughs> yo. Yes, I am. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, the more words you have, the easier it is to talk about, right? Very true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna gift you all kinds of words. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Take, take them back <laughs> to the DMs, man. <laughs> oh my god. I am. I all am. right. So, so a fluid bonded partner is someone with whom you exchange bodily fluids, right? So you have to be particularly careful about who your fluid bonded partner is, right? Yeah. So you know, uh, whenever I talk to somebody, you know, before we, you know have sex i feel like I'm, i feel like an old person I'm like before we have sexual relations <laughs> um, <laughs> <Sasha>. <laughs> oh my god um anyway before before we're entering into some kind of sexual relationship of any kind um you know i talk about hey you know i've got a fluid bonded partner um you know whatever you share with me i would like to share with him is that okay right so i'm getting consent from all partners to communicate possible health risks um, and that, fortunately, that's just an accepted standard of behavior in our community in the area we live in, right? So I think Dee and I are particularly fortunate to be kind of part of a community of, of poly people who, I, as far as I can tell, are pretty good about communicating among each other and keeping each other's confidences, keeping each other's health information to themselves, but communicating between these partner chains and all between these different configurations. If one person's health can impact all of us, I think we're pretty good about communicating that. Do you've been around in this longer than I have? So tell me if I'm wrong. No, no, you're very right. And to, to your point, like I'm never shy when I talk to somebody about sharing my, my uh, health issues with diabetes because I feel like, Hey, you're becoming an important part of my life, so you should know this about me. And if they ask, like, well, have you been tested re recently? I have th I have that shit on my phone. Like, my doctor <laughs> my doctor has, like, a, a web portal that I can easily bring up. I'm like, sure, here it is. Here's my latest STD panel results, all negative. You don't have to take my word for it. Here it is in black and white. All the test results, all the medical jargon you'll ever need is right here. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I think one of, one of the reasons we're good about doing that is because a lot of us have no patience for shame and shaming people for the choices that they make. Mm -hmm. And shame doesn't keep anybody safe. Uh, shame encourages people to sweep things under the rug and keep things secret. 
Um, so when you build up kind of a, a culture of openness and honesty and, and try to take the shame out of it, it, it's a lot easier to have these conversations than to say, hey, I did have something, I was treated, I have now tested negative. Um, and you don't have to worry about somebody judging you. You know, the conversation usually goes, oh, thanks for letting me know. I appreciate that. I'm glad you got treated. And I'll make sure, you know, to get tested regularly, too. Right? It's not judging somebody for being like, well, how did you get it? What were you doing? Why'd you do that? You know, that's why we call it safer sex. There's right. no such thing as safe sex. But you can make it safer. So it's all about mitigating your risk and not judging people when shit happens. Get treated. And let people know. All right. And then we can make our decisions accordingly. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. So let's talk about these love languages because Dave was flaming people. Um, I was not flaming, bro. I was not flaming. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find this post. I don't even remember how that shit. Uh, I remember uh, exactly how it started. It started because someone in the Facebook group posted a tweet about break like she met up with an ex-partner and they she informed them that they broke up because he was not yeah. following their her love language of words of affirmation that's was a big thing for her in the tweet mm -hmm. and my thing was like um why didn't she have that conversation with him like if she noticed that he wasn't doing that why did not why did she not bring that to him because it sounded like she was operating off of the you should just know status like you should just know how i i want to be loved like and that's that's not how i operate like i don't operate off of you should just know because that insinuates that i have some sign some sort of mental powers that i'm not fully <laughs> taking advantage of you're not professor x i'm not man i'm not <laughs> no, you, you you're right man you're right um I, I'm not gonna read through all these goddamn comments, but um, I think you threw something. Oh, you're about to say something. I was just saying, no, please don't read them. But no, 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 no. DC is the internet differently than I do. Mm -hmm. And like the way the way the the problem was being presented as, I was like, I called it like this feels like a monogamous relationship problem because this person literally threw out all the bathwater because this one need from the tweet was not being satisfied. Uh, here's the controversial line, controversial line, which is not really that controversial line that you said, um, because one of your replies, I'm just going to read the first sentence, you said, or you can find someone whose love language is the same as yours, um, expecting someone to adopt your love language when it isn't theirs is a stupid and naive thought. So um, I'm not going like to say my love language is sensuality and touching, then attempt to be with someone who doesn't like to do those things. That's stupid on my part. I'm not going to blame them for being who they are. I think so, you know, obviously that's not a that's part of a thought to me. Obviously there's more layers to it because I just happen to I just had like my girlfriend now, we just happen to have the same love language. We didn't take the love language test and I've known her for over 10 years. I don't remember when we took it, but we took it and it, it came out interesting that there we were like literally like one point apart in certain areas. Like we it's like we're the same. Which is hard yeah. to, that's like a, a rarity to me. That's a rarity. I've never been with someone like that. Nor have I really looked into the love language thing. And it goes back to what you said. You do have to have a conversation. If you're, if you're a believer in that or if you're aware of love languages, you should look into that because it teaches you not only about the other person, but it teaches you about yourself. And I actually 
have I've actually adapted to her love language because, like I said, I'm a giver. I love surprising with gifts, this, that, and the third. But she cares more about quality time. So when I realized that, I quit buying so much shit and put that effort and energy into going out with her more and taking her on dates and just sitting on the couch and falling asleep and shit instead of, oh, let's go to the store and get this. Oh, let's go get that. Because I'm like, well, that's not, that doesn't See, but do that, it for her. That's something you're comfortable doing. Like you're, right. com like, you're comfortable spending quality time. Like, even though you're an introvert, there are introvert ways to spend quality time with someone. Yeah. So that, that was not a big shift for you. Like, for instance, like, if someone's, uh, were, uh, Love language is words of affirmation, mm -hmm. but they're with someone who doesn't feel comfortable expressing themselves that way. They're not going to slip suddenly like, I'm going to tell you that I love you every day or I'm, I'm going to compliment you every day because that's not, the, that's not who they are as a person. So this is – I went through that. Um, I realized that after the relationship ended because I, I'm big on um, – shit, let me read the damn love language. I had the shit pulled up. <laughs> um, the five love languages, y'all: words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. She was really big on physical touch and words of affirmation, um, and I'm big on acts of service. Like that was my that and quality time was mine. She wanted me to say "I love you" just about every day, every five minutes. I'm exaggerating a bit, y'all, but she wanted to hear it quite often. I've never been big on that just uh, just because my acts of service show you that. I go above. Right. I feel like my actions speak louder. But we never – we tried to have conversations about it, and she was like, well, I just like to hear it. And me being younger and more ignorant, I just felt like it was stupid, so I didn't do it. But now that I'm older, I realize that for me, if I love and care about someone – and they're asking me to do something that I don't feel like is a big deal and it's not a huge hurtful change to me, then that's something I could learn to do. Like my girlfriend now, even though words of affirmation aren't a big thing to her, I tell her I love her more often than I ever have any other person because I realize the impact that it could have and that it could make a difference. And also because I do love her and you, with all this crazy shit that has been going on in 2020, not just the world 2020 has been fucked yeah. up from the beginning dude it's like the it's like the it's like the fucking keanu reeves movie 2020 <laughs> yo i'm like i tell her whenever i can man i don't overdo it because i feel like it's cheesy and it can kind of lose meaning but that's just an adapt an, an adaptation that i decided to make like you can't like you say you can't force someone but i feel like if you care enough about me can you, you know i feel like relationships are about compromise as well so that's just the way i felt about it but yeah it those conversations went on and on and on but here here's my thing like when you there's a point where adaptation stops and it just becomes fake because then you're doing it just to appease right and hold on to something and that's not a territory i ever want to get into because your partner can sense when something's being faked yeah. like yeah. Like if you just walk by like love you, it doesn't yeah. feel real. It doesn't feel real because your heart's not into that. That's not how you that's not part of your your core behavior. That's not part of your adaptation tree. That's not something that you can slide into comfortably and have it come off as genuine because it is genuine. Mm -hmm. Like if you try and fake a, a love language, it's easily recognizable because 
Another one is like, oh, you like to buy gifts. I'm big on gift giving, but my gift giving isn't extravagant. It's not in the realm of like, let me buy this thing that costs a ridiculous amount of money. It's literally, hey, I saw this thing while I was out, and I remember a conversation you had that we had a while back, so I picked it up. Mm-hmm. Last week, last week he comes home and goes, "Hey, they were out of seltzer water. I got you wine instead." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, yeah. How, how do you feel about the love languages? You're quiet over there. Yeah. Well, I, mm, I'm, I'm gonna throw in a grenade. Throw it. Um, I'm throwing it. So I want to back up for a second um, and talk about the point about it being a monogamy problem. Um, Because I think that was kind of the crux of the conflict. Um, And when I said I think D and I see the internet differently, I think sometimes, D, you see it as an open forum for debate, which it is. But I read through some of that chain, too, and it looked like this person was upset and wanted to vent and wanted to feel validated. Now, D doesn't play that. He's like, oh, this is an interesting conversation to have. Let's dissect this. Oh, this is fun. You know, um, and he treats it like a puzzle um, where I think this person was hoping to get an emotional need met and and had it go very differently than what they had hoped for. Um, and I was thinking about it and I was just like, you know, if you are a monogamous person, um, a lot of times, and again, I'm not getting into a poly is better thing because right. Rob, I think, made really good uh, points about you know what your emotional bandwidth is and you do not want to take on more than one person, and that is completely valid. However, um, particularly for women, I think um, when you are kind of in this monogamous world, um, you operate, and in a sense, you have to operate on the assumption of scarcity. Meaning that if I don't find a partner by a certain age, I will pass a certain threshold and I will be alone for the remainder of my adult life. And I don't get to accomplish those life stages that I was hoping for, you know, marriage, children, what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're operating on this idea of scarcity of like, you know, all the good people are going to be taken, all the good partners are going to be taken if I don't get one, right? Sometimes you do back yourself into a corner of treating love more like a possession or I got somebody, I got to lock them in. Mm. Uh, Because if you lose them, maybe you missed your age threshold. Maybe, you know, you're in a long-term relationship with somebody in your 20s into your early 30s. And if you break up in your mid-30s, oh, hey, did you just miss your shot to have that family life you were hoping for? Um, In polyamorous communities, a lot of times relationships are more fluid. They end, they start. You know, maybe they pause. Um, and the, at least for me, the pressure to find the one or settle down with somebody is lessened just because of the fluidity. And, you know, there's people I might be interested in and we're simply able to say, hey, not now. You know, I'll get around to you later. Um, <laughs> which as a conversation I had with somebody and it was really funny. It's just like, yeah, you're more of a commitment than I can handle right now, mm-hmm. you know, at dinner occasionally. But if you want to achieve that, you know, monogamous lifestyle and find a partner and pair off, um, I think you are put in a position where you do have to compromise more on the relationship in order to achieve that goal. 
because again, you might feel backed into a corner where, you know, Hey, if I can't make this work, I've missed my shot, you know, or, Hey, I wish they would try as hard to make this work as I am because, you know, this is my one person that I expect everything from. I don't think that's realistic way to approach relationships um but again some people feel probably feel like they have to do it that way um and again that's because of a lot of reasons in society um and like i said when i'm talking about polyamory i do consider myself to be speaking from a position of privilege in that you know i feel like i have the freedom to engage in relationships how i want and I don't have that fear of missing a certain threshold. I don't have a fear of, oh, all the good partners are going to be taken. Um, and, and once you get outside of that fear, it's a lot easier to say, here's what I want. Here's what I need from a relationship. Here's how I operate. If you don't like it, that's fine. I can find somebody else. I can engage in a different kind of relationship. Um, I can find other people who are on that same page. Um and, and it really is, I think, a privilege that not everybody has. You might be in a geographical location where it's not acceptable. There might not be other people like you. Um, true, and you true. do kind of have to make, you kind of do have to make monogamy work. Or if you're a part of a certain religious community or social community, you have to make it work. So you might expect people to mold themselves to you in a way that poly people might not. Um, so I'm not saying that poly people don't compromise at all, right? Um, Dee and I took the love language quiz last night. And, like, we had, like, three that were kind of overlapping, right? Like, you know, we all, we scored high on a lot of different ones. But, um, you know, I'm not going to let, like, a quiz I took on the internet define me. Right, it shouldn't. Anybody. But um, just that idea of compromise, I think, uh, is, might be a little bit more of a constrained choice than what we're talking about. You know, we were framing this conversation as, Um, either you expect your partner to compromise or you don't. Well, it might be your relationship is structured in a way, if you're monogamous, that you need to make more compromises to make it work because you're scared of totally losing that person, losing that relationship, and losing all that time you invested in that relationship because there might not be somebody else in your community, in your social circle, to be in a relationship with because now everybody's paired up and married or whatever, right? And I'm assuming we're all, like, in our 30s, 20s, 30s, maybe early 40s on yeah. this call. Right? Yeah. So, I'm in my you know, 30s. Like, okay. <laughs> so it's kind of like that life stage I'll where you're like, with me. <laughs> okay, so it's like when you're like kind of like looking for that one to settle down with, if that's what you want to do. Um, yeah, I don't think you might feel as free to make that choice of like, hey this is my love language and I'm not willing to compromise. That might be a a privileged choice, especially also if you're, I'd say if you're a man and it's a little bit more acceptable to get married later in life and have children later in life, you might have more room to compromise, right? Because you just don't have to. We're 50. So that's never been, that's something I've ran into before. Someone I was with was like so concerned about marriage and stuff because they were getting older. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that shit doesn't matter if our relationship is not where it needs to be. It's not going to last. So you're going to have this kid with parents that aren't together. And I definitely don't mm-hmm. want that. So, Yeah. And, and I think, and then that's a good point too. I mean, I, I think you need to have, if you know, if you choose to be monogamous, you need to have a solid foundation and you do need to be upfront about these love languages. But when we're talking about people not doing that and expecting another person to compromise, expecting another person to know their love language, um, I think we need to think a little bit more about the reasons behind that choice. 
mm-hmm. and how their decisions in life might be limited. And then just a side note, what I do for a living is I teach people about relationships and abuse and how social forces can lead people to abuse or leave people stuck in abusive or unhealthy relationships. So I spend a lot of time thinking about this. Gotcha. So that's why I spend that grenade. But love languages are a helpful way to talk about what you want, right? And yep. if people get used to talking about that up front, I think you can save yourself a lot of pain from getting into a relationship you don't have any business being in in the first place. I, I don't think you I don't think you threw a grenade, but go ahead, Dave. <laughs> um to to continue that um based it's uh, something that you said in the facebook chat uh rob it was like uh that i responded to is like i i don't believe that people don't know their love languages i believe that people are afraid to articulate their love languages especially men because as men specifically black men we're told to hold down our feelings like mm. put that shit way down deep if you expect if you express certain types of feelings and emotions, you're less than a man, especially in the black community. So we're, we're not taught properly to articulate what our feelings are, especially when it comes to love, emotions surrounding love, and how we want to be loved. We're just expected to take what we get and deal with it. And I think that's a wrong way to go. I agree. Um, Danny brought up a good point. A lot of and you said the word fear a few times. I feel like the word fear and people having that fear, FOMO, fear of missing out, that's what causes a lot of the issues. You're so scared of what you might lose that you're not doing a good job of taking care of it or taking care of yourself because you're trying so damn hard to hold on to it. I may want this $100 bill, but if the $100 bill is on fire burning my fucking fingertips, I might need to let that son of a bitch go. Maybe it's not worth it. <laughs> and I had to decide one thing, and this is another thing that people don't do, and you, we really have to do this in monogamous relationships. When a relationship ends, you need to really reflect on it and think of why it ended and what role you might have played in it and say, okay, well, what could I have done differently or do better the next time? One thing my girlfriend does, um, she, if there's like, we do this with each other, actually. If there's tension or an issue, which we never really have any, if there's a problem, we make each other talk, We like, we talk about it. It's like, well, what's going on? Like, I noticed you were like, are you going to talk to me? And it's either I'm not ready to talk, but we'll talk, or we'll just have the full out conversation because she genuinely wants to know, okay, well, how are you feeling? What was your thought process? I know you weren't being mean or vindictive, but I want to know what your thought process was. And, you know, we've come to understand more about each other that way because I realized, because she told me even, like, sometimes when she answers something, she doesn't give an answer, if that makes sense. I don't know, like, it's, it's like the, the age-old question of what do you want to eat? Like, it's so hard to get that answer. And then she feels like she gave an answer, but she really it's like pulling, it's It's like pulling hen's teeth yeah, when you're but, trying to get that answer. Right. <laughs> but she feels like she gave an answer. I don't know how, I really, how to really explain. Like, I'll ask her, I'll ask her for, like, this, for example. Like, I'll say, hey, what are you in the mood for um, for lunch? Um, and I'll say, how you feel about pizza? And she'll be like, nah, not really, but whatever you want. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to just say whatever. I want to know what you are feeling, like what it what it is that you want. Not, not just, you know, hey, I'll take pizza because you want pizza, so it's fine. No, if you don't want pizza, I want you to say, hey, I want five guys. You know what I'm saying? 
Like it's that to me, that's not a real answer. Agreeing, yeah. Uh, basically, saying whatever you, you want is that's you want not a an concrete answer. answer. You want a concrete right. answer, right? And she doesn't. <laughs> when she does that, sometimes she doesn't get it. To her, that is a concrete answer. But I didn't understand that until we had a conversation. But I digress. Like, I feel like um, the grenade that you threw was important, and I hope you single people, you monogamous people out there, are listening. That's some important shit that she said. Um, and if you don't know your love languages. You should look them up because that'll teach you um, better ways to communicate with your partner. Um, I, I never, I figured out what mine were because I have a friend, shout out to my friend Anasha. Um, she made me take it years ago, years ago. I was like in my mid-20s. I never really paid attention to it after that. But as I got older and looked back at it, I was like, oh shit. That's why I like one, two, three, four, five. I didn't know what to call it. But when I was able to define it and then I compare, because I, I usually believe all that shit is BS, like astrology and, oh, you were born December 17th. So that means you're compulsive. <laughs> you're, I don't oh, yeah. believe that shit. But when I looked at the love languages, I was like, oh, shit, this is like a thousand percent like me. So mm -hmm. I, I think that really helps as a guide. But yeah, if you fear, and if you fear I'm missing out, y'all, you <laughs> good luck. <laughs> and and the, and the jump in off of that, Rob, it's like. Men, we have to do better about communicating because a lot of men have the fear of saying the wrong thing and it ending the relationship. Because yeah, done that, yep. Because a lot of men, we're not we're not trained to be sensitive in our answers when we tackle the issue of hey, what's going on? We're we're straightforward and brutally honest, like the vast majority of the time, and. A lot of times, that's not what women need to hear. Like, we, yes, women need to hear the truth, but they don't need to hear that straightforward version of the truth because that straightforward version of the truth is very hurtful most times because while we see it as being filter-free and truthful, that shit is very harmful. So yeah. men, we, we have to learn how to properly communicate how we're feeling to women because how men talk to each other is not how we can talk to women and expect the same result when especially when it comes to relationships doesn't matter if it's a monogamous relationship or a polyamorous relationship we have to learn how to talk to women effectively that's not hurtful and comes off as very ang angry and angstful very if that true. makes any sense yeah, I think the way men talk to each other sometimes is jacked up, too. I mean, like... Yeah, it is. talking to anybody like that, you know? And then people get in a... Like, that's how you get in a fight. True. Like, but I'm gonna stay in my corner. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're, you're right. You're right. Um, And I actually... It's funny. I don't really... I don't really mess with people who, who abide by that. Like, the people that are close to me that I really deal with, um, even on a... Just on a friendship level, like, they have to have a certain level of ability to communicate and level of respect like i even if you're my homeboy i don't want to be next to you and hear you talking greasy to somebody else like i because that's not me and i don't want to be associated or affiliated with that and that's what i've told some of my homeboys who've had issues in relationships the first thing i say to them is well did you talk to her about it did you really tell her how you feel like the way you're talking to me and really breaking down how your feelings are hurt and you're telling me yo that that shit hurt my feelings bro I'm like, did you tell her that? Nah, you know what I'm saying? I just walked out of what I'm like, well, shit. She th that looks like anger, bro. Like, <laughs> you need to tell her. You'll get a different reaction if you say, uh, if you from expressing anger versus, babe, you know what I'm saying? What you said really hurt my feelings. Like, yeah, you may feel like a bitch or whatever, but it'll be better for your relationship. And it'll give you a better 
a clearer view of your partner because when you communicate to someone effectively and let them know that let them know the effect that their actions are having on you and you see that you can look at the actions differently because then it's like well damn you know this upsets me but i see that you're continuing to do that so what does that say about your feelings for me but I, that also stems from uh hyper masculinity because for a lot of men they're taught like yeah you can't bring up that something that your woman is doing is affecting you negatively because then that'll run into like well this can be used against me in a future argument so i won't bring this up or i might look like a or i might look like a bitch so that might diminish me in her eyes if i bring this up i should just stand and take this you know and, then what and a lot of that come a lot of that comes from and I'm seeing a lot of this online right now people being quarantined where people make jokes about their spouses like you know uh, I saw a meme this morning um, uh, if somebody had dug a grave in the backyard mm-hmm. and it said uh, you know my wife is digging a garden but I don't know what she's gonna plant in there and I was just like do spouses even like each other like it's kind of taught you know we we make these jokes and there's stuff in the popular media and and whatever that's just kind of like you know at ev- eventually you're going to be in a constant state of war with your partner right yeah. it's going to be a constant state of conflict and and i better be the one that wins so yeah i'm not going to share my feelings because she's going to use it against me or i'm not going to tell him this because he's going to use it against me that's not that's not love that's that's possession that's control that's that that ain't right yeah that's right? nasty um, man and yeah. but we we got the cards, you know, the cards are stacked against us, right? I mean, you see it in movies, you see it in jokes, you see it all over the place. This idea that your long-term partner, it, you know, it's more of a power struggle. Right. And and it, it again, it shouldn't have to be, but again, when you feel like if you leave that person, you'll be alone, well, yeah, people what else rather be do miserable except, and together yeah. than happy alone. And I I'm the opposite. Fuck that. Yeah. I refuse to be but unhappy. I'm, like I've told like I refuse to be unhappy. I don't care how much I love you, how many years we have together. When you quit putting in the effort and I am unhappy, I'm out. And I want you to do the same thing. I don't ever want to be the cause of your unhappiness. And I don't ever want to be one of those people that is sucking the life out of you. That is it's mm-hmm. too much life out here to live and too many things that you can do and experience for you to choose to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. And and I've been care- trying to be careful in my words where I say when you think that's your only choice, like your only choices are to be alone True. or to be miserable with your partner. What I've been trying to, I think, say the whole time, maybe clumsily, is that, that those aren't your only two choices. That's true. Right. Um, and I feel like polyamory has gotten me away from that. Those like just that narrow, like thinking that not to say that what you said was narrow, but just kind of it, that has been my way of breaking away from thinking I ha- only had the choice between being miserable or being alone. True. Right. There might be people who find ways that aren't my way of also breaking out of that idea of like that false choice between being alone or being miserable. Right. Yep. So I just wanted to clear that up, but you made a good point. No, that's true. And, and it's true. And people might not call it being poly, but there's people out there who just date and have sex and chill with other people, but they just don't define it. They don't put any. Right parameters on it which i think <laughs> being poly is smart because those parameters help keep you protected um you know emotionally mentally mentally and your health wise but yeah you're right that's not the only choice i you know <laughs> my homeboys joke all the time man shit i'm about to break up with her and just be a hoe like it just <laughs> 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 i knew you was gonna laugh because i know you've heard that from people so yeah uh-huh. 
you know, my best friend, my my best friend Earl used to be the same way before he got married. So <laughs> I, I know that behavior. <laughs> yeah, ladies, that's that's you know that's a dude's go to. I'm gonna just go be a hoe. Uh, so yeah, you do have those choices. I mean, you do have those choices. Do you want to go down that road and adapt your lifestyle and change your lifestyle? That's up to you. But yeah, there's more than those two choices. Mm, but it takes a lot of work. I mean, you know, you have to be real intentional. Like first date, sitting down with somebody and being like, "All right, this is how I run my other relationships." Like it's it's. <laughs> I got a portfolio. Yeah, you can't you can't like you can't just let things happen. I think I think we also get and I get like from daggone rom coms. Like I say in my classes, I'm like, "Y'all, rom coms aren't real." Sorry. Yes. Boom. Mm. Okay, moving on. Um, but it's like we get this idea that that, that love and relationships should be this effortless thing. Ain't nothing in life like that. Like even with your family, it all takes work. So no, you don't get, you don't get anything in life that's not effortless. Sorry, like no, no, you don't need to have that. I remember uh, me and Danny's first date. Like we went out for coffee and how'd y'all meet? I meant to ask you that. I didn't know that was a date. Also, oh shit, it was like it was like it was like a it was like a non-date date. Okay. Okay, say, say say that again. Say that again. It was a non-date a non-date date. date. Okay. <laughs> that, no, no, you're no, you're walking it back. No, I didn't okay. know. I thought we. I I mean, I'm not mad about it, but it, that's just funny. That's news. That was news to me. <laughs> well, I didn't like, know. The, the date. All right. The first time we had coffee, I was straight up and honest. and went like, "Hey, I'm in an open poly relationship. I have one partner already." It wasn't like something that had to be like danced around or anything like that i just laid it out like hey this is the situation that i'm in i'm not gonna lie about it i'm not gonna soft pedal it (laughs) that conversation makes more sense now that you told me it was a date because i was like that's nice he's telling me that (laughs) so that's nt all right how how okay what made you think it was a date dave versus um danny you thinking it wasn't I, I just I had just moved to town and um we had met we had been talking online for a minute um uh and it wasn't necessarily a dating site that we met on I was just like you know I thought we had like some similar hobbies and we had met at a party a few days before um and and we had already had plans to make uh to make coffee mm, had plans to, to coffee. get coffee <laughs> To get coffee, um, I need to make coffee now. Um, but we were at and, the same party at the same time, so yeah. we ended up talking to each other then. <laughs> yeah. and, and I had just moved to town, so I was not going to turn down a coffee date with anybody. Or mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't a date, a coffee, whatever. A coffee meeting. A coffee anybody. experience. <laughs> coffee experience um, with anybody. So that's how it happened. I didn't know. I didn't know it was a date. <laughs> It wasn't like a. It wasn't like a. I'm interested in you romantically, date. It was like, hey, I'd like to get to know this person. She seems very interesting. <laughs> oh, you call that a date? Okay, cool. <laughs> see what? See, Rob, this is what we mean about communication. You just gotta do it. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are hilarious. Uh, DJ, right. anything else to add about? Was that it? No, that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then. Uh, we, I, we we moved slow though, I, or I did. I was the slower one. Well, we we both like, moved at like a like a slow pace. We didn't rush into anything. Yeah, it's like I ain't in no hurry. How long nothing. how long y'all uh, been? I guess the word is together. Almost a year. <laughs> okay. 
What is so, the um? Yep. So what is the uh? The end goal, like, is there an end goal? Like, you know, obviously in a monog, well, not obviously, but a lot of people who are monogamous eventually want. I'm not even gonna say a lot because the shit is so fucking different. Which is why this is not even. This is I'm I'm so surprised by some of the reactions, but it goes back to what Danny was saying. I'm so surprised by some of the reactions that people have to poly relationships and all these different thoughts because I'm like, if you watch TV or any kind of movie or TV show, you or have coworkers, you've seen and been exposed to a lot of this shit unless you live in a bubble. I know I've seen almost anything you can fucking think of. So it's like See, that's the thing. Like, I know where you're going with this. Like, what is the end goal? Like, for me, like, marriage for me is not the end goal because even in a monogamous relationship, I don't see marriage as an end goal to any monogamous relationship. And it shouldn't be because marriage to me is like the beginning of your life with that person. So that's not an end goal. That's like a new starting point. That is a different journey entirely. If you if you think that's the end goal, that's just setting up everything to follow to fail because you've already achieved your end goal. So it's like, okay, what else do I you have to look to forward that. to? You need to say that again because I know some people who were so pressed to get married and I'm like, you better think about what happens after the marriage. And one of the questions that I ask my married people, and this is another thing, y'all, you need to talk to people who are qualified. When I get relationship advice, I get it from married people. I have an uncle that I talk to, and I have a few friends that are married and have been married and are happily married, to my knowledge, for advice because that's where I'm trying to get to. That's that's the next level for me. And I'm like, you got to think about afterwards. And one of the questions I asked them is, did you, and, and I got a scary-ass answer. I was like, yo, if you look at your relationship before marriage and after marriage, has it gotten better, worse? Did she make any changes? Did she step up? And one of my homeboys was like, you're lucky if she changes for the better because he was like, a lot of women, all they want is that ring, that ceremony, be married. Once they get married, they're like, shit, I already got you now. I don't need to do nothing else. And I think that's fucked up. I'm it like, is. yo, if I'm going to be with you forever... I'm going to need some sauce on this. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> don't give me these pancakes. with Like, put some butter and some blueberries in these shit sometimes. Like, don't just, you know what I'm saying? And I feel the same way. I feel like I know that I'm an excellent boyfriend, but I want to be even better as a husband. Like, I want to surprise you even more to, you know, help reaffirm that, yes, we made the right decision. See, so, but here, here's the answer to the question. Like, for me, marriage is not the end goal because I'm not a big believer in marriage i don't right. think it's i don't think it's like it doesn't fit in with society as it exists today it's a it's a relic of times past like mm-hmm. yeah it looks nice on paper but like as you said like i want to be a better husband like i could be that as a partner like i can True. easily step up my game it doesn't have to have a title affixed to it like my end goal as a poly person is to have permanent nesting partners. Like, we live together in a poly community. Ah, okay. And I'm I'm pretty much the same, but short term, I'd like to get a cat. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's like... Okay, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Okay. The poly community, to me, is, like, not the end goal, but it's, like, 
one of the bigger goals that I have in my poly journey because that's an affirmation of us coming together to love each other and be around each other in a permanent living situation because that shows more than just love that shows a very solid foundation of what these relationships and these friendships are built on oh shit i know if <laughs> that i know that must be a huge i, I could imagine see yeah that would be it i think that would be a huge challenge um it is it is y'all have I'm not, to be able because three people two people don't even get along but, it would be more than three people i'm, I'm imagining like like myself, Danny, Angela, whoever Danny partners are, whoever Angela's partners are going forward, I imagine us at some point all living together or even our poly friends that we want to bring into this, uh, all of us living together and sharing resources and building something so that not, we're not all struggling. Like a lot of us, yeah, we're professionals and we make good money, but why can't we save some of that money? Instead of having to live like hands to foot or paycheck to so paycheck, so you're talking about a, com a true community, yeah, yeah, okay. But wow. we're not, we're not a, we're not a cult, Rob. No, I did, I, I said a community. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. The way he painted, the way he broke it down, I was like, oh, okay, that make that makes sense. Yeah, and it's not the kind of thing where like everybody fucks each other. Yeah, that ain't that's no not... because y'all the rules. Well, I don't want to say rules, but the structure that y'all have in place remains. Yeah, yeah like I. Look at some people that are in our community and like we're friends, but I'm just like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> I'm just like, you, 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 you can stay over there. That's all right. Wow. But like, with COVID, like right now, it's making me real nervous not having a whole community living together and people sharing resources. And like, I want some ground that I can plant something in, right? Because yeah. stuff's getting crazy out there. Like, I would have loved to have already had this set up. <laughs> So get some chicken. <laughs> how do y'all how do y'all work towards this? How do you all get on the same page, you and you all's partners? Like how do y'all get on that same page? It's like a big conversation. Sounds like y'all need to have a big ass meeting. Yeah, it's a big conversation. <laughs> it's a lot of networking. It's a lot of figuring out what the logistics of things are. So it, it is it's a very big conversation. <laughs> yeah, and this is years away and, and it's a whole lot of boring legal bullshit to make something like this work too because you gotta like get property it's 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 gonna be it, you know if we ever get to it it a lot of it is gonna be a massive pain in the ass but it, it would hopefully pay off with I being I don't able think it'd be a big pain in the ass yeah yeah I, well, I, you know what Rob? I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to think more positive yes no, I mean yes. seriously when it comes to the property y'all start an LLC together and just buy everything under yeah that. okay yeah that's what we're about so you know about that okay cool i'm gonna come to you when it's time then <laughs> that's e i mean shit that's the easy i mean I, I sold real estate so i've seen just about anything you can think of but as long as y'all have everything in order before y'all start buying shit and everyone has the same rights to it you know i think the decision making when that one person says no and everybody else says yes that may bring up an issue but structuring it that's to me that would be the easy part just the meeting of the minds to me would be difficult i think i would think but who knows yeah. I'm going to call you in about three years. Well, yeah, it, it's going to be like, you know, that there would be a whole conversation about living space. And if partners that don't live there come over, like, do we have an extra room? That's like. <laughs> Y'all going to need a big like, ass house. <laughs> 
Y'all need, I'm going to tell you now, y'all going to need a big-ass house. Y'all might need to move to Georgia or some shit where y'all get a big-ass house for cheap on some nice and land. Taylor Mike did that on his show, didn't he? Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, he did. He, he, did. <laughs> he had, um, he had a, what's the name, the comedian Delray Davis. He's Polly. Openly Polly. Oh, I can tell. Who? Delray Davis. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh that makes sense. See? Okay. I know the that well, I guess he's a singer. Jadena said he tried it. He said he couldn't do it. <laughs> it's, it's not and for everybody. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. He was like, nah, I wanted her to myself and I was just thinking like, dang, you was with him yesterday. Was he better than me? And I'm like, Yep, see? Mm, can't think about that. Well, I see, and I don't even think about better anymore. It's just different. Like it me is personally different. I think my bandwidth is about one point five partners. <laughs> like I got my other partner I see him very you know not rarely but I see him a lot less and he's got like family responsibilities and stuff and he's got a lot of other stuff on his plate and we we're both like yeah I'm not looking for anything serious and he's like me neither I'm like cool I like it <laughs> and, that's and about like, like even though I have two partners like Angela and Danny like uh, my relationship with Angela is like very, very sapiosexual, and that means like it's very intelligence based. Like we sit around a lot and just talk and have conversations and watch movies and read together. Like very rarely do we have sex, but when we do, it's like all in the span of a month. Then she's good for like four or five months. So relationships and poly relation dynamics are different. They're not all the same. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I'm no dummy, but you know we spend a lot of our time goofing around. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you two for joining me and shedding some light on the poly lifestyle and what that looks like, and you know how you all think, how you all look at um, relationships, and how you define things. I think that's very important. I think you've provided a ton of clarity to people who may have never seen or thought about this before. And I think that's awesome. I hope, I hope this quells like the angry DMs, man. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's not going to quell it. I mean, even if they listen to this episode, it's not going to quell it. It's people are just going to disagree with each other all the time. So, I mean. Yeah, true, true. But you're not, but I haven't seen any mean or malicious comments. So, like, I had someone actually call, name calling. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> you're not doing that. You're just, you know, getting your point across. So, it is what it is. Um, shout out your stuff, too, man. Um, be sure to look up my uh, Facebook for my video game and tech-related channel. Uh, it's uh, Free Play Mode. I'm also on YouTube under uh, www.youtube.com free backslash free play mode and um, also if you're in the south uh west virginia area i also do personal tech and it solutions so i will fix your computer get some viruses off of there if you're looking at illicit websites and you click the wrong flashing banner <laughs> i'll build a computer for you i'll set up your home network whatever you need it's uh, called does effect incorporated and that's also under my Facebook uh, room under the free play mode. So definitely check that out. <laughs> and Rob, I got to be a ghost on this one. So, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just 
<laughs> so once again, thank y'all for uh, coming and thank y'all for listening. Y'all already know. Join the Facebook group from My Experience Podcast. You can hit us up on Instagram, FME underscore podcast. And you can email us with comments, questions, or if you want to be a guest or if you have someone you think will be an interesting guest, hit us up in the DMs or you can email me from My Experience Podcast at gmail.com. And we will catch y'all next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>